It's Monday of draft week, which means it's time for our last mock draft Monday. We're going to dive back into the simulator one last time before the 2023 NFL draft. You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast on YouTube. Sorry, you can subscribe on YouTube, follow anywhere you get your podcast. We're going to dive into the mock draft simulator today on this episode of the podcast. We're brought to you by BetterHelp as we do that. They connect you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown to get 10% off your first month. James, we're back to the simulators. We're going to have a lot of other draft content this week. We're going to talk with Joe Goodberry. We're going to do some predictive draft stuff. We're going to have you covered after each round or each day of the draft, I should say as well as the Bengals make their picks and work their way through the draft. But today we're back into the simulator, James, and we're going to go as far as we can. We're going to try to get into day three a little bit here as, well, your preferences for the first round have taken some clearer shape, right? But we're having a hard time, even at this point. I am anyway, maybe I won't speak for you, trying to decipher what the Bengals will do. So let's let the first round run here and figure out what our options are for the Bengals in this version of Mock Draft Monday. It's tough because I think that it's this draft is as unpredictable as it's been. And last year, it kind of felt like there would be some quarterbacks that fell. Will some fall this year out of the first round? Will they not? It's a poor wide receiver class. How many wide receivers go? If you're the Bengals, you want to see as many wide receivers and quarterbacks go off the board as possible. And it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that part plays out. And I think that could dictate where they go. Cornerback, offensive line probably seems about as as unlikely as it's ever felt at 28, just because I don't think those top guys will fall. And yet maybe one of them does fall to 28 and and surprises us. So yeah, I think that it's, it's going to be a, a surprising draft. And as you fired off the simulator there, Broderick Jones, one of the top linemen off in the top 10, ninth overall. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 10th. Paris Johnson, right after him. Lucas Van Ness, Peter Skaronsky. So some of the top guys, Darnell Wright, Miles Murphy, Bijan Robinson, Deontay Banks, all off the board in the top 20. And wide receivers. See, this is ideal because wide receivers going off the board. Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston. I don't think those two guys are really contenders for pick 28. And if they go off the board 21 and 22, that opens things up for the Bengals a bit. At 28, unfortunately, my guy Dalton Kincaid picked 23rd overall to the Vikings. Michael Mayer, 26th overall. So this is going to be an interesting decision, 28th overall, Jake. Yeah, Kalaja Kansi, 25th as well. So in those picks right before the Bengals are on the clock here at 28, the tight ends, the interior defensive linemen of choice for me and some others, Deontay Banks you mentioned as well, all gone. The offensive tackles, and this matches uh, the experience that I have with Joe Goodberry on Friday night where we went through a mock draft with 31 other fan-controlled teams. The, the tackles went top 16. 
And and then it's just, do you feel comfortable with Anton Harrison in the first round or Dewan Jones in the first round? And in our scenario, we actually had the tight end still available. In this scenario, the top two tight ends are not available. So if you're the Bengals and you're sitting here, you're either comfortable with Emmanuel Forbes or maybe even Cam Smith, who Bucky Brooks just put at his fourth best corner in the class. Mm-hmm. He really likes uh, Cam Smith. There seems to be building momentum in the media landscape, more people talking about him as a potential first-round prospect, which, to be fair, if you search Cam Smith on Twitter and you go back a little bit to early in the draft process, he was talked about as a potential first-round corner from South Carolina as well before that conversation kind of dissipated. And if you go back to our conversation with Brian Callahan a couple days ago on this podcast, that was Friday's episode on this podcast, he listened to the kind of tight end that he would want well, that doesn't sound like Darnell Washington, who's a top available tight end on the PFF board. So what the Bengals do here would be fascinating to me because I, I think that there's a real chance that they are interested in Brian Brze. He's available here. Do they pull the trigger on the running back in Jameer Gibbs, who would be the best running back available, I think, by consensus at this point? Or is it one of the corners in Cam Smith or Emmanuel Forbes, who we know that our guy Joe Goodberry really likes? They might also surprise us, I guess, with with the defensive lineman here, Mazzy Smith, Felix Anaduke, Uzama, also available. Those are the guys that are standing out to me when I look at some of the top available options. And I have a feeling I know who you would pick here, but what do you think? I'm down to two guys, and it would be Emmanuel Forbes or Jameer Gibbs for me. And that's me. And I, I think that this one, maybe we go different routes since we're going to try to get in at least five rounds and, and see where we go. So would you take Forbes? Because obviously I'm high on Forbes as well. He's a playmaker at corner needs to add a little weight. That's fine. Great ball skills. We know about it. You know, all, all of the things that we've discussed about him. Would you take him here? Does someone else stand out to you? Forbes just comes out so well in the process that Joe and myself and now Mike and others participate in every year when we put together our our big board where it incorporates film grades and incorporates analytics and incorporates all that stuff. And the positional premium there is just so great between Forbes and Gibbs. It is a deep classic corner. It's a good classic corner. Cam Smith, by the way, also a playmaker, in case you were curious, uh, for those of you listening. And and I could see I could see Forbes being the pick here. I could see Forbes not being available here. Mm -hmm. he he might go pick 24 anywhere from 24 to 27 20 to 27 you could see Emmanuel Forbes getting picked especially if teams feel good about his weight so I think I would be on Forbes here leaning that way because of the profile because of the premium position and honestly he he, you know he, he shakes out a little bit better on tape depending on who you ask as well Jameer Gibbs we've talked about the fit you can go listen to those episodes we talked about him last week and why he might fit here. If you wanted to go the Gibbs route, I would, I would get that too uh, for, for those reasons. Yeah. So for the sake of, if you're watching on YouTube, let's go with Forbes here to continue the mock, but I'm going to keep track of, of the picks just to see what the path would be and give our, our listeners an idea of what the Gibbs route would be. I'm going to write Gibbs down as well. So we'll have you with Forbes. I'll write down Gibbs and we'll see where it goes, but I just want to be clear. I do think, that the Bengals would go with Forbes in that scenario. But if Forbes is gone, that's where you see the Gibbs scenario potentially coming to light. And uh, let's get into to round two here. And this, this to me is, is the beauty of waiting. 
on tight end because I love Dalton Kincaid. And if he's there at 28, I would take him over Forbes. That's probably a take. I would take him over Jameer Gibbs. I would take him over those guys. But if he's not there and a guy like Sam Laporta is available at 60, well, man, you're feeling really good about it. And if you had taken Kincaid 28th and then Laporta falls to 60, now you're, you might be kicking yourself. So you can go over who went off the board, but I, I will spoil it. Sam Laporta is still on the board right now, the Iowa tight end, as we're on the clock at pick 60. Yeah, you might be upset about that, but you might also, on the other hand, feel like, oh, you know what? I've got the best player on my board. You can't so much necessarily always say, I can get a guy later if a guy is better on your board. And what the Bengals are going to do before they get to the draft is they're going to have broken all the ties, right? If they have ties between positions, they will have figured out who their guy is in those scenarios. So they're, if, if you're sitting at home like, man, yeah, I would really like to take Dalton Kincaid here, but what if I can get Sam Laporta later? They'll have figured all that out. Yep. They're not gonna. They, they've already had those conversations. They've sorted through those difficult decisions. They're going to be ready with what they think is the right thing to do, and we'll see if we agree with it or not. So, we will dive into the second round here. We'll get the, a couple of rounds knocked out here, and and we're going to dive into the second round here, James, coming up in just a minute. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Different things come up. Maybe you have kids, you get married, you have a bad breakup. All of these things could happen. You have a career change. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through some things. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. What you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. You can visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. BetterHelp slash LockedOn today for 10% off your first month. James, let's dive into the second round here. Just quickly going to go over the guys that have gone off the board. And here's where you can kind of say, no matter what position the Bengals pick in the first round, this is a pretty nice second round scenario. So Brian yes. Brise, I mentioned, goes uh, a couple picks later, pick 30. Dewan Jones, who we've talked about as a second round target in this version of the simulator, goes pick 33. Ahead of Anton Harrison, who goes pick 35. Cam Smith, we talked about at corner, goes pick 36. Mazzy Smith, the nose tackle type interior defensive lineman for Michigan goes pick 37. Your guy, Jameer Gibbs no! goes pick 40. And, and there's really very few worlds where he gets to 60. So that makes sense. Adetamia Adebore, who has been discussed as a break glass in case of emergency type first round target on this podcast with Joe Goodberry last week goes pick 42. Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end 43. Scrolling through some other guys here that stand out to me. Keanu Benton, 48, a guy that I personally would be interested in in the second round, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin. Isaiah Foskey, edge player from Notre Dame, goes pick 53. Anaduke Uzama goes pick 55. And those are the notable names. Julius Brents, too, off the board. Julius Brents, good, a good name as well. But we picked a corner. So that Tyreek Stevenson and DJ Turner and that's, Mark Phillips that's the part. and Darius Rush are available here. Oh, okay. But you can also say that, you know, Zach Charbonnet is still available here and Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave are still available here. This is 
a fun scenario. I, I hope we're having this conversation on Friday when the Bengals are on the clock with pick 60 because it, it really fits. You're right. Regardless of what they do in round one, if you have DJ Turner and Tyreek Stevenson and Sam Laporta on the board, and maybe they prefer Luke Musgrave, right? I don't feel that way, but maybe they do. But if those guys are on the board, then you feel like they can address one of their big needs with the BPA on their board. And if you can do that, not just in round one, but round two, I think you're feeling really, really good going into uh, that third round. So it, it's interesting, right? So they, they went with Forbes. I think here, Intuli Tuopolotu is another guy that is, has gotten some love. And, and I want to mention uh, Tucker Craft still available, by the way. To me, it comes down to, all right, corner tight end. Well, you just took a corner round one. I think they would take Sam Laporta here. And that's probably what I would do regardless of the first rounder, right? So I said the Jameer Gibbs path versus the, the Emmanuel Forbes path. To me, I think Sam Laporta would be the pick here. What do you think? I think it's really interesting. One, I wonder how they feel about, about Luke Musgrave. That is the only top tight end that we don't know that they met with. We did not hear of a reported combine meeting. We did not hear of a top 30. We know they spent a top 30 visit with Michael Mayer. With, with Dalton Kincaid, we know they had a combine visit and a virtual visit with Sam Laporta. They also had a combine visit with Zach, uh, with, sorry, with, with Tucker Craft. We don't have any reports of them having met with Luke Musgrave. And I wonder how they feel about his injury history in college. He missed really his entire final season at Oregon State. But when he was on the field, I personally might prefer him over Sam Laporta because he has a size. He's bigger. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he, he's the guy out of this group. Tucker Craft also has the size, but 6'6", 253. Sam Laporte is 6'3", 245. And he'll never, you know, you're never going to get that three inches back when you're talking about height with, with these guys. So a bigger player, bigger frame. And he's has, more of a complete, complete type of tight end has more of a chance to grow into a guy that you feel comfortable having in line. Sam Laporta has a willingness to block. He just is so far away technically in that area of his game. Musgrave has some work to do there, but at least has a, has a frame where you feel a little bit better about it and has a, and has a play style that I think translates better to vertical receiving. If that's what you want in your tight end, but don't know how they'll feel about the lack of production. Don't know how they'll feel about him missing all that time. There's a projection with Musgrave just because he didn't put it on tape because he didn't play. Mm-hmm. But for me, I feel really comfortable with the tight end here, having picked a corner in the first round. Had I picked Jameer Gibbs in the first round, I would feel a lot of pressure personally, James, to take the corner here, especially mm-hmm. if they're similarly graded prospects on the board. And I get it from a positional value standpoint. I also think having a, a dynamic receiving threat, and I think that's what Laporta can develop into. Maybe not year one but develop into and you feel good about getting him at 60 versus having to, to take a tight end in round one. So the, the Gibbs path, I'll just put it in. I'm putting Laporta in here, but I get it because let's say Laporta is gone and it's Turner, Tyreek Stevenson and Luke Musgrave. I'm probably going the corner route there. And th- that's part of it. By the way, are you giving Zach Charbonnet any love here or are you going to go with the tight end? Because Charbonnet staring right at you and you obviously went with Forbes round one. I think if Laporta isn't available, there's a really com- there's a real big conversation between Charbonnet and, and Luke Musgrave here. And I want to pull the trigger on Musgrave, and I would had he played his his last season at Oregon. Do it, State. 
I, I would, but I'm not. I'm not comfortable. Okay. He's missing that part of his profile. He's missing that element that I need to feel better about it. And Sam Laporta isn't. And I do feel good about Sam Laporta as a receiver. I, I think that the development path is there. I don't see him as a future all-rounder tight end that Musgrave could be. And if and and say you know you're listening to this, you're like, oh, there's no way Laporta gets to sixty. Well, I think there is a way. I, I don't sure. know that it's likely. So if Laporta wasn't here, I might still pick Musgrave. I, I think okay. I would still pick Musgrave. But it's really close between him and Charbonnet at that point because after Charbonnet, there's no complete running back, which we talked about with Brian Callahan last week as well. So who would you pick here? You you, you said Laporta, right? I would take Laporta. If he wasn't there, I would take DJ Turner because, again, I don't have the corner. Right. So it's close. It's tough. It's it's one of those things where you add another dynamic pass catcher. So I, I would go with Sam Laporta. Are you going with Laporta as well? I am, yeah. And, and Tuli Tupelotu, I think, also deserves – we mentioned his name, a little bit of love here, just to, to call him out again as a guy that I think would be in contention, especially for the Bengals, a guy that has versatile inside-out experience at USC, has the tools. But let's pick Laporta here, and uh, let, let's see what comes to us in round three. Also, just worth noting that maybe that is a trade-back spot. We had eight trade offers from, from PFF there. When you have that much loaded talent there, you feel maybe that they're clustered on your board. Maybe you do think – about trading back and let's see what's happened here between our second round pick and the third round pick dj turner to to Pelotu go back-to-back picks luke musgrave tyreek stevenson Derek hall gervon dexter zach pickens darius rush zach charbonnet in a string of picks here yep tucker craft i mean all these guys that you're praying might make mm-hmm. it to the third round tyler steen uh, if you're interested in a receiver, Rasheed Rice is a guy that if he does make it to the third round, I think is a great fit as a potential future slot option. Marvin Mims, if you want the deep threat, Roshan Johnson, your guy, your a guy. running back who uh, can compliment Joe Mixon goes mid third. Nick Saldaveri, who I think is like the third round target tackle. If you want to tackle mm-hmm. goes mid third as well. Kendra mm-hmm. Miller, a running back off the board. And here we are looking at the top of what's available from PFF in the third round. Oh, I I see some guys. I see some guys. Uh, Garrett Williams still available, by the way. He's certainly interesting. Um, Blake Freeland, if you're on the tackle train, he's interesting. But the guy, at least for the the Forbes path, Tajay Spears being here at 92, I think that one is is really, really interesting. Tank Bigsby, if you're, you're in on him. At 92, Luke Schoonmaker. Obviously, neither of us will, will probably be in on a, a tight end here. But uh, some interesting players for sure. Spears is the one that stood out to me for for you right now. Chandler Zavala, I know some people are in on him. Uh, by the way, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, a lot of people will mock him at PF. He's 5'8", and he's a nickel corner. And I'm not knocking him. It's What's just wrong with thing. that? Are, are the Bengals – no, are they in the market for a nickel corner right now? Like, how yeah. many do you want? I just yeah. – I don't think they'll be in on him at 92. Although if you listen to some people, they would say that pigeonholing him as an inside corner is doing him a disservice. So, so some it, people maybe. think he can play outside. Co- Co- Corey Trice here, by the way, if you need a corner, is another fun fun idea. I know that his ADP on the PFF simulator is really late, but I think their rank on him is, is probably closer to where I have him than 150. 
I've mocked him to the Bengals twice in my all Bengals mocks. He's he is fun. You're right, and he's one of those late day two guys that uh, if you don't have a corner that you could consider for sure. Let's come back and make our pick in the third round here and get through a couple of rounds on day three. I know the people really wanted us to get to day three. We'll do that here to finish up the show coming up next. All right. Plenty of talent still there. Round three. We went over some of the guys. Who stands out to you, Jake? You already have Emmanuel Forbes and Sam Laporta. And really, we do. That's what we're doing in the simulator. I just kind of wanted to, to show our listeners as many different paths as possible with the, the Jameer Gibbs route. So who do you have? For me, listening to the way Brian Callahan talked about what they're looking for at running back right now, yep. that, that makes an assumption that Joe Mixon is going to be part of this team going forward. And for me, that's Tajay Spears here. If you're looking for a run, another running back and running backs the way you want to go here, then Tank Bigsby, I think, is getting a little bit underrated by Bengals fans just because he is bigger. But again, you listen to – sorry, you look at the way Isaiah Pacheco came out of nowhere last year and, and – as a seventh-round pick, that's a guy on a bad team that that couldn't figure out how to block for him, and he was still very productive. Tank's, Tank Bigsby often didn't have things blocked cleanly for him and was still very productive for Auburn and has a lot of ability at the running back position. Outside of that, you know, there, there's some defensive line names that, that I'm looking at here, Isaiah McGuire, Moro Ojomo. If they haven't picked a corner yet, I think that this is where you really, really consider Garrett Williams, who I think we've picked in a mock in the past and he's coming off the ACL and it is a bit of a red shirt pick, but this is where that discount to me is, is probably very worth it. Cameron Mitchell, another corner that I think you, you could consider in this spot. Uh, Riley Moss also pretty high there. And if you don't have a tight end yet, uh, Brenton strange mm-hmm. is kind of that, that upside athletic upside tight end who can do it all that's on the board here in the third round that has a lot of smoke around him being pushed up into day two. You're going to see very disparate rankings on Brenton Strange from, you know, day two to mid-day three. Uh, but but this is a spot where I think if, if you don't have a tight end yet, mm-hmm. Schoonmaker, Strange, Alan Koontz are the top of the PFF board, and, and you could feel okay with most of those guys in this spot too. What about you, James? Who stands out? Yeah, I, I think it, it comes down to the corners for me, right? I already have the the running back. Tajay Spears is a great option here. Will he be there? I think that's a big dilemma. Everyone says, oh, you can find the running back, but clearly there's certain running backs that they're going to target. Will he fall to 92? Do they feel about him the way we would feel about him if you hadn't already taken Jameer Gibbs? I think that's a big question. But to me, having the running back, having the tight end, it's corner. And do you go with Garrett Williams, who is coming off the left knee, and he's 5'10", 5'11". You got Corey Trice, who's really interesting to me because he's got the he's six three, he's he's big, he's physical, tested well. I just want to see the the Trice path, so I, I would probably go that route. I, I don't know how the Bengals feel about Garrett Williams, and I think that's interesting. Like PFF really likes him, I know, and, and yet you, you look at like Dane's rankings, Dane Brugler's rankings, and Corey Trice is a little bit ahead of Garrett Williams, so. Some of that comes down to medicals, and I'm not sure exactly who they would have, but I think I would go with Trice here. And and Garrett Williams, just for the the sake of talking about Garrett Williams, who we we I think did pick. We we obviously don't have testing for him, but incredibly productive, and yeah. it has hits those hits the threshold for production that you want to hit. Corey Trice doesn't hit the threshold for like high high level 
production, but has good enough production that he's not undraftable or anything like that. Like he's not killing him. It's just he doesn't show that all pro kind of threshold uh, production in college, but tested like a really good athlete. Didn't have the highest top end speed or anything like that, but still came out really well in RES and is built. So, I mean, six six three two oh six 206 at corner is yeah. in a class with a lot of light corners uh, and small corners a pretty strong build here. So I, I could get behind a corner pick either way. I'm going to pull the trigger for myself uh, with the path we've taken of Emmanuel Forbes and Sam Laporta, the, the running back here. And the lesson I've learned, James, from doing the shadow draft where I draft along with the NFL for the past few years is if you wait too long on running back, and I know we'd like to think we can wait on running backs because there are guys like Isaiah Pacheco you miss. And so this is a spot where I would be looking hard to try to fill that running back hole the way things have gone. Isaiah McGuire, Moro Ojomo are a couple of defensive line names that I wanted to mention as well. And Kobe Turner is a fascinating case who's been high in the PFF process the whole time. I know our guy Jared, draft guy Jared on Twitter, really likes Kobe Turner, uh, but he seems to always be available later in every simulator. So going to be very interesting to see how the NFL feels about him. I'm going to draft Tyje Spears here. Yep, that makes sense. What name are you writing down? Corey Trice. Corey Trice. And and the reason that I'm drafting Tyjo Spears here is because I think that he can be that passing down back. No and doubt. that seems to fit, at least right now, what the Bengals are looking for. So let's see how things go between round three and four with Tank Bigsby going with the very next pick after. So right now you have Emmanuel Forbes, Sam Laporta, Tajay Spears. I have Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Corey Trice. Like... Both fun paths, I think, where it's, all right, do you want to be better at running back and have the better prospect or the be- you know the better corner? Obviously, naturally, positional value, you would say corner. But I, I think it's – we've survived. And you mentioned Kobe Turner falling. He's, uh, he is still available. And uh, Corey Trice, by the way, went off the board about 10 picks later. Chandler Zavala uh, went off a few picks later. Blake Freeland finally went off the board. We didn't really discuss him. I, I don't know if the Bengals will be in on him. Garrett Williams off the board. Tank Dell off the board. Travius Hodges Tomlinson off the board at pick 108. Luke Schoonmaker. Riley Moss, someone that I, I would have considered. I think I just think that Corey Trice would be ahead of him. Bretton Strange off the board. Imagine if he had fallen. That would have been an interesting one. Zach Kuntz a few picks away. Gets picked at 128, we're at 131. So that would have been an interesting one had he still been there. The double dip. Yeah, and I, I think that double dip is certainly in play. I, I wonder who it might be because I don't know if it's going to be in the fourth round unless it's a guy they really like. So if, one, if say, Brenton Strange falls to them and they're one of the teams that really likes Brenton Strange, in the fourth round, maybe they pull the trigger there on the double dip. But I don't know if Davis Allen, Payne Durham, Josh Wiley, Will Mallory – are the guys that get you to pull the trigger on a double dip at the same time, they might be looking at this and saying, well, we really like say Josh Wiley, the Cincinnati mm-hmm. product. And we don't think he's going to make it to us in the fifth round. And, you know, maybe it, it's close with this other guy, but we really want to make sure that we, we get him. I don't know. I don't think that's the way draft rooms work. I think they're going to have their boards stacked and they're going to make, they're going to make the pick, but, now in, in round four here, we, we haven't gotten this far yet, James, in, in one of our mock draft Mondays. Things get interesting in these simulators with, with some different names. What, what are you thinking here uh, from, from a positional approach? Where, where are you thinking I, you would like to hit if the value was there? I would love to, to land 
a defensive lineman, an interior defensive lineman, because it's going to drop. And um, it might already have dropped by the time we get to, the, to round four on, on, what, Saturday. But being here, Kobe Turner certainly stands out right away. Um, I, I think that's, that's where I'm leaning. Obviously, you have some other defensive linemen available, K.J. Henry out of Clemson, Keandre Coburn out of Texas. Um, the kid out of San Jose State, I'm going to butcher his name, but he is interesting. Um, Balami, I'm, again, I'm going to butcher his name. Vahoko, um, Vahoko, perhaps it looks like, yeah, out of San Jose State. So there are some guys that uh, stand out to me. What about you? But to me, this is an ideal world where maybe both of us take defensive linemen because you haven't yet, and uh, that's the way the board's falling. The other thing I would look at is is interior offensive line, of course, in, on, yeah. in round four. Yeah, I think we'll take a look at offensive line as well, just to to talk about some of the defensive linemen that have been picked since our last pick, Byron Young from Alabama, the Alabama version of Byron Young. There are two of those Byron Youngs in this draft. Carl Brooks, who has inside-out versatility as well. Uh, Isaiah McGuire goes pick 113, a guy that we mentioned for the last pick. Jacqueline Roy, who has a little bit of size to him, if you're looking for a bigger interior defensive lineman from LSU, goes pick 119. Amoro Ojomo, who I am pretty fond of in the fourth round if he makes it, from sure. Texas goes pick 122. So if a Jomo was here, I'd be pretty fond of that pick. Keandre Coburn, though, the nose tackle from Texas, I think is also a guy that deserves some consideration here just because if you look at the Bengals' contract situation on the defensive line right now, they have their future under contract for two years everywhere but nose tackle, where mm-hmm. they have virtually nobody under contract beyond next year. So Keandre Coburn is a name that – isn't very sexy here in the fourth round. And maybe it's a little bit early for him. Maybe you could get him a little bit later, but if, if you are looking to get close on value and a need and a player that I think is pretty good, I think Coburn is a guy to talk about. And then let's just look at offensive line city. So from Eastern Michigan, Andrew Voorhees, who had the unfortunate injury at the combine, Braden Daniels and Oluwatimi, whose mm-hmm. first name Ola Segum. I'm trying to pronounce yep. these names for the first time. That was pretty good. It. That was pretty to, good. Look at you. Center from Michigan, Carter Warren, tackle from Pittsburgh. John Gaines, the only offensive lineman in this draft to hit the short shuttle thresholds that are very predictive of, of NFL success or some other offensive linemen here, where you could see one of these guys be in the pick if they felt like they really wanted to bolster their offensive line depth. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I was hoping that you know one of these versatile interior uh, you know, offensive lineman would fall one that would be on my high on my radar. But I, I don't think that this, that these guys, at least because Voorhees, you have the injury and that matters regardless if you want to say it or it, it does. I think I'm leaning defensive line here. I'm not going to lie to you, Jake. I, I don't think there's anyone that really pops that is, is, they have to take round four. Ricky Stromberg. I'm scrolling way down on the PFF simulator. Oh, so I didn't realize he was, I didn't realize he was still available. So, so this is a guy that if you look at uh, our Joe Gibbard, Bengal Sands, and, and yeah. draft guy Jared have done their offensive line grading. He comes out as the second highest graded interior offensive lineman in that process. You tricked He's me. 63306. Well, I, I just wasn't sure where PFF had him because PFF yeah. has him it's so tough. low. Tested like a really good athlete, has solid if, PFF grading. I mean, if they're going to take him, they'd have to take him here. Just so we're clear. Like, if you wait another round in PFF, like, I don't think he's going to be there in round five. I thought he was gone. That's why I, I said, because he's versatile. He could play center or guard. 
He has a length too. He only played center at Arkansas, so it would be a bit of a transition for him to play guard. I don't know if you would ask him to play right away. I know some people also really like, I think I mentioned the name, Carter Warren from Pittsburgh. And, yeah. and this would be the range where you might want to take a tackle. Looking at, looking at our tackle grades on the sheet, I don't know if there's anybody that comes out high enough in our process that would make me want to pull the trigger here. We, we are a bit lower on the tackles available here. I, I wouldn't hate defensive interior here, James. What other positions are we not thinking about that they might be interested in? Not that we're going to look at them, but just for the sake of argument. You know, could you go with Ivan Pace Jr. here? Is it a round early for him? You know, they've met with him. I, I think it, it feels a little bit early. Wide receiver, certainly, in the mix. Early day three, I could see them going that route. Uh, so other positions that we haven't really talked about. I mean, I could see it. I could see them going day early day three wide receiver. It's, it's tough, and I think there will be a surprise. Um, but for me... I'm probably going, and man, there's some interesting running backs still on the board, but I'm waiting at least one more round. But uh, Kobe Turner would be the pick for here, here for me. Kobe Turner is a guy that has a lot of the things that you would want for for a three-tech, I think, just from, from a, yep, a profile exactly. perspective. 293, so a little bit smaller. Missing the production a little bit that you would want, but but has some really appealing pass rush numbers from, from the analytics profile perspective and, and again i know our guy draft guy jared shouting him out is is pretty high on kobe turner i kind of think that keandre coburn is is interesting here from a you know what are the bengals missing perspective 332 at 6-1 so the the biggest kind of kind of player available in this mold in this draft not a whole lot of nose tackles in this draft and uh coburn's pretty interesting to me here would he make it to the to the fifth round i'm not sure i'm not sure yeah. if either of these guys would yeah so who are you taking i'm taking coburn you're taking turner let's take turner for the sake of this this pff mock and and we're, we're aligned on positions is what i find interesting for the yeah. most part three tech versus nose tackle but we we've got the same positions really I just think that was the sweet here. spot. Yeah, I just think that was the sweet spot for for one of them. And um, let's see here. Oh, my guy Deuce Vaughn still available. I wouldn't consider him in round five, just so we're clear. I, he's a round six guy to me. So Some guys that I would have considered that got picked before we were able to make our pick in the fifth round. City So from Eastern Michigan, the, the interior offensive lineman. Davis Allen, the, the tight end from Clemson, uh, as a double dip option is really appealing to me, especially uh, if they have the move tight end earlier if you get the mm -hmm. sam laporta davis allen later makes a lot of sense parker washington yep. uh, a receiver from penn state goes just a few picks ahead of our pick terrell smith and jalen jones a couple of corners ivan pace andrew Voorhees, uh the the injured guard from usc and ivan pace of course we all know from uc uh xavier hutchinson a wide receiver that i've seen connected to the bengals by various fans on twitter quite a bit israel abanacanda carter warren and, and Braden Daniels, a couple of tackles. Ricky Stromberg, you mentioned, was, mm -hmm. was not going to make it to the fifth round. Goes two picks later uh, to the Bears at pick 133. So some of the guys we were talking about before, it looks like Keandre Coburn would have made it here. He's still available on the PFF board. So maybe I'm around too early on Coburn, or maybe the PFF simulators is not quite right here. But what, what positions are you thinking about at this point? 
Yeah, I th this is when running back in general opens up. Like if a Banacanda fell, I'd be open mm -hmm. to that uh, again, even though you, you take Gibbs early. Um, you could go the double dip with tight end. I'd be open to wide receiver for sure. I mean, you're pretty open now. Interior offensive line, like I mentioned. It, it, again, it's late on tackles. If you miss one early, you're probably looking at the interior of the offensive line anyway. Josh Wiley still being available. Certainly interesting to me here in round five, I think, in an ideal world. If you were taking him and you're the Bengals, that would be where you would go. Um, doubling up at tight end if you like Wiley. Um yeah, and I, I, and I think this is where you could see Wiley get picked. I I think I'm looking at. Oh, what was I thinking? I had a thought in my head, and it's gone from my head now. Oh man! Oh, it's back. John Gaines. Yeah. UCLA guard. Yep. And and the reason there is, if you want to bet on a single thing from a combine test in a prospect, it's it's their short shuttle. And he's the only guy to have hit that number. Great, great athlete. You're talking about a guy that might need some time, might need some seasoning, but in the fifth round on the offensive line, getting a guy that could turn into a really good player, has that upside, is really interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, ideally here you want to try to bolster offensive line. You could probably find your double dip at running back later. Um, potentially, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a guy like John Gaines. And to me, to me, just to be different, I might take Josh Wiley. Like th this is the area where you're double dipping at tight end. Like if you want to, I think this is probably your last shot at doing that. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily think they need to at this stage. I, I think it's a round early for quarterback. I, at round six could certainly be that case. I know everyone talks about punter. I'm not really in on punter until round seven at the earliest or just sign an undrafted guy because there's a few in this class and I think there'll be someone that's undrafted. But if Keandre Coburn's there, Jake, why would you not take him still? Maybe he does fall to round five and he's there because he's a nose tackle. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's an interesting pick too. Maybe the lesson for me is that I'm just a little bit early there for, for mm -hmm. Coburn. He is a nose tackle. DJ Reader got picked in the fifth round, right? So not that he was necessarily the prospect, then that he's turned into as an NFL player, but I think that he was still a good prospect uh, coming out of Clemson. So maybe I'm just a little bit early, probably a better prospect than Coburn. Uh, Brugler has him fifth, sixth round. So. Yeah. So, so maybe I'm a little bit early there and, and Kobe Turner is the guy that we end up picking in the simulator. So that that's where you can see my, my hesitancy, my waffling on that pick a little bit, but I'm taking a dart throw at, at offensive or at, at offensive line here with John Gaines and and feeling okay about that. Some other names on the offensive line that that could be in play here. Antonio Maffey, his teammate at UCLA, the opposite kind of player, an absolute mm -hmm. giant, a mauler. Jake Witt, we know the Bengals met with recently. Asim Richards, a guy that uh, Brandon Thorne likes in this range, fifth, sixth probably is about right for him from North Carolina and Warren McClendon. Uh, tackle from Georgia, I think, is another guy that is potentially in play, fifth, sixth round kind of thing. The other thing that would be really interesting to me here, James, is Josh Wiley, who you mentioned, or taking a shot at a guy like Will Mallory developing into an upside move guy. I know that he's very similar stylistically in a lot of ways and that he's not going to be lining up in line to Sam Laporta. But, you know, this is where if you pick Musgrave earlier, Maybe you're like, okay, yeah, I'll take a dart throw on Will Mallory, who 
I think is really dynamic downfield as a vertical mm-hmm. guy. Um, I, I think that's really interesting. But John Gaines to finish it out. What do you think? Yeah, go with John Gaines. I would take your guy actually, Keandre Coburn, and uh, and hope. I the, the idea of McClendon. I, I like the idea, and I'm tempted. And the Bengals have obviously been interested in him. But if you could bolster that defensive line with a three tech and have another nose. On a rookie deal, by the way, that maybe is just the Josh Tupo replacement and allows you to pay D- DJ Reader. Like it doesn't necessarily mean he has to replace Reader, right? I-, I think that that would make you feel pretty good. So, either way, man, I'm looking at these halls and we could just quickly go through it. Emmanuel Forbes, Sam Laporta, Tajay Spears, and then we both took Kobe Turner and you took John Gaines. That's a hell of a one through five. And then me, Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Corey Trice, Kobe Turner, Keandre Coburn. I'd feel really good about that because they got really – they bolstered the defensive line and addressed the offense in key areas and added the corner that we talk about. And look at that, PFF giving us a solid A with the A-plus for Kobe Turner, probably helping to bring that up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, they probably didn't love the Tajay Spears early running back-wise. And they do not like – PFF does not like Jameer Gibbs in round one. No, but, we know uh, that. But but Sam Laporta would have would have uh, changed that a bit, I think. And um, yeah, overall, I, I think both drafts I would be be comfortable with. So this was fun just to give our listeners, I think, some different paths because there is a scenario I think where Gibbs is the pick at twenty eight. I'm not saying it's a certainty or anything, but if that happens, they can address these other needs later if if they did decide to go that route. And this kind of shows that. And a big part of where that gives scenario comes into play is the tight ends being gone the, the maybe the corners they like being gone maybe the interior defensive linemen the, the edge rushers they like being gone brian Berset goes in this draft at, at 30 and that's the big one that makes me question would they would they pick brian Berset instead of jameer gibbs where are they on the clemson interior defensive linemen because that's a, a positional value thing, uh, an area where you could argue there's a need would be very interesting to see how they feel about it, but we're going to get our answers in just a couple of days here. So we'll keep it going on locked on Bengals heading into the draft. Zach Taylor is going to address the media tomorrow. We're going to have Joe Goodberry back on the show in a couple of days here to get into his last thoughts before the draft commences. And we're going to give our predictive mocks later this week. If we can figure out what we think, the Bengals will do. So we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Glad we got into the top of day three here, even if we went a little bit long. Until next time, thanks for listening. Hootay, and have a good one.